0: Welcome to Reynolds Wrap, the positive and practical podcast. We want to encourage you through spiritual insight from God's Word to maintain an authentic Christian life. Welcome back to the Reynolds Wrap podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you as always. And uh, I am so grateful that you've taken the opportunity to spend some time uh, reflecting on this subject and being able to just be encouraged Uh, I always say that this is the positive and practical podcast. Sometimes we have to deal with some difficult topics, but overall, we want to be just as positive as we possibly can, and um, it's meant to encourage you. So today in our time together, I want to talk about freedom, and I know that uh, with 4th of July coming up here in this next week, we're probably all making plans, or at least we're thinking about making plans because of COVID, obviously there's some... um, issues that maybe we're not able to do exactly what we want to do, but I, I always loved 4th of July as a kid. I don't know why it was, it was kind of like the, uh, Memorial Day was a big deal for us, but Memorial Day was when we really just kind of decided to go spend time with family at the, at the, uh, graves, graveyard, putting out flowers. So when the next time the family could get together would be the 4th of July. And when I think about 4th of July, my memories go back to um, Oklahoma and southwest Missouri where I spent some of my formative years. And uh, we would always get together, usually would be either on the 4th or the Saturday just prior to it. And uh, we would, you know, we have barbecue, grill out burgers. Um, That's where I, (laughs) I know as a child... My brother was listening to the podcast last week and um, it brought back a lot of memories. We actually, uh, I called and talked to him for almost two hours about more memories of things that happened when we were children. And I promised him that in the near future, I'm going to have a podcast with him and talk about some things that we had to go through as children. But one of them was, we were talking about is the, just the poverty we lived in. We didn't realize just how poor we really were. And uh, until we got a little bit older, it's just kind of the way it was. we um, that, That's another podcast. But anyways, we did. We were very poor. But we did get to spend quality time with family on holidays. And so on the 4th of July, we were almost always with uh, my mom's side of the family. And we would be, all the cousins would be together. And uh, we would do our very, very best not to blow each other up with fireworks, although there were a lot of burns and um, close, close misses. But we, we'd have fun, we go, to, I remember going to the fireworks stand, sometimes we'd go as a group, and we'd all get to pick little things. Um, for some reason, my mom, she always liked those snakes, I think, I don't know if she liked them, but she always made sure we had them, and you know, where you would light it on fire, and it would kind of uncurl, and um, we always did the tanks, you know, where you light them, and then they shoot out the little tank hole, you know, the little, little barrel, uh, tank hole, and then uh, we... Um, we always had sparklers, and we they would light them, and then we'd write our names in the sky, you know, and stuff, and just, like, shine them at each other. But I think probably, undoubtedly, there were a couple of fireworks that were just really, really fun. One was bottle rockets, where we'd light them on fire and shoot them at each other. Or, as I got older, drive in the car and shoot them at, you know, down the highway. Now, I never really shot them at cars, but we would when we'd lose... The cars be out, kind of just in the dark by ourselves on a on a highway. We would, we would um, hold them up and then shoot them out of the cars. So I did have one that fell out of my hand once in the back seat of my Camaro, and it scared me to death. I thought it was gonna burn everything up. But, but so we, when I think about fireworks and think about the Fourth of July, I have some fun memories. But another thing too about our family being together on the Fourth of July was that because we were in poverty, you know, we weren't like dirt, dirt poor, but we were pretty poor. And so I remember when we would get together for those events, there were, I didn't know there were so many bags of chips. I did not know there were so many bags of chips. I mean, you, when you get to the table, you know, everybody's got hot dogs and hamburgers. That's great. You know, and and that's fine. And there's, that's what's on the table, but man, I, I learned there were, you know, you, I was used to just basically like plain ruffles or plain lays, and sometimes Fritos. I love Fritos. Um, But we would have Cheetos. We would have Doritos. I found out Doritos had more than one flavor. Oh my goodness. I learned what Cool Ranch and Nacho Cheese was because we always had like the taco flavor, the old school. Um, And my mom would always buy, and my grandma would always buy the cheap off-brands, you know. So we were like, what is this? Tastes totally different, you know. So um, that that was fun. And we had all these desserts, all these cookies. I mean, you look... They got fudge, you know, striped cookies and chewy chocolate chip and Oreos, which we didn't have Oreos in our house, like stuff like that. And I mean, it was the spread of food on the 4th of July was always amazing and there was always leftover food. So like you, you never felt guilty about eating three hamburgers, <laughs> so, or, you know, two hamburgers and five hot dogs. We, we were, as kids, that's what we loved. So I think about barbecue, I think about fireworks, I think about the sparklers, like I said, um, lemonade and sweet tea, Uh, I remember splashing in the creek, I remember uh, sitting in lawn chairs, I remember uh, playing on speakers music while the fireworks would go off, and we'd try to usually play something either country, which I'm not a big country fan, or something patriotic, And we'd go out into the field and the fireflies would be playing and we'd catch them. And sometimes we'd smash them on our hands and arms so that, you know, you got the green goo so that you glow in the dark as you're running through the fields. I don't know if any of you did that, but and we we would always uh, put flags out. You know, there's there's several houses in the neighborhoods we lived in that would put out brand new flags on the Fourth of July. So those are the things that I have in my memory of the 4th of July, and I always loved it. And I've told several times uh, to people in the past, I've actually used it as sermon illustrations, about how the National Anthem actually got started. And if you if you'll watch some historical uh, videos, watch some documentaries, it's really amazing when you begin to read the words of the uh, National Anthem and you hear the story behind the Star Spangled Banner, it is so neat. Um, as a person who loves history, I think about that bombardment that took place at Fort McHenry in Baltimore, and it's just like you think about how you know the British came in uh, in the Battle of Baltimore, they're coming in from the ports, they attacked DC, they burned the Capitol, I mean, the Treasury, the President's House that was the war of 1812 and i'm telling you it was we say 1812 but it lasted longer i guess we all know that right but this the um the national anthem was actually written uh as a result of what happened in the bombardment of fort mchenry uh it's it was raining and they had actually taken on i guess you could say they had taken prisoners um they had taken people on board the ships and uh, one of the guys that was on there, he's a young guy, a lawyer actually, Francis Scott Key, and so they're out like in the uh, Chesapeake Bay, and he's on the flagship uh, for the British British fleet, and he's he's kind of like a prisoner of war, I guess you could say, but he's also there, you know, taking some notes and documenting what's happening in the bombardment of Fort McHenry, and. F- I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Some of you may be able to correct me what happened, but he was able to um, get up on the deck. Uh, and so while he's there and some of the others that are there, they're watching Fort McHenry continue to be bombarded. And they're just, I mean, the, the British are just blown at smithereens. And they were aiming their cannonballs at the flag because the flag was flying above the fort. And it was on a pole, you know, big, big flagpole. pole. And they would hit it. They would hit it. They hit it several times, in fact, on the bottom portions uh, hitting the wall. And uh, instead of letting the pole fall, there were soldiers that were actually propping it up with their bodies so that the flag could continue to stand above the fort. And literally bodies and bodies are being jammed up in there to kind of keep that flag flying high, to keep the, the hope alive that they might be able to win. Uh, and so Francis Scott Keek is up there on the deck of the ship, and he's watching this, and you know it's getting dark. Uh, obviously because it's the end of the day, and he he as the as the smoke starts to clear, they stop the bombardment. The British feel like, and this is before you know you had all these, uh, street lights and lamps and all that good stuff. So they have just, I mean, they have blown this fort to smithereens but but as the sun comes up that morning this is on September 14th in 1814 as the sun's coming up he he looks and just out i mean just out of sight he can see something and as it gets kind of more visible it's the flag it's still there it's still there and it's still standing and it just aggravated the snot out of the british and so uh, it's amazing and and that and there's a whole history behind that flag and what they did with it and things like that but it was At that point, uh, he takes and starts putting a pen to paper and starts writing what we now know as the National Anthem. It was just meant to be a a poem about the heroism of the American troops. But when you read that historical, you know, or you watch a documentary about how that happened, it gives me chills to think about how these men... Even though they were going to give up their lives are doing all they can to hold up the flagpole, and the British are aiming at it i mean they're aiming at the flag you know it 's a little tiny pole and they 're shooting from the harbor out of these ships, but still i mean they're relentlessly hitting this this fort and just i mean pounding them and pounding them for over um twenty five hours i mean it was just awful, and like I said, they had burned a bunch of stuff they were so angry at the um at the uh at, at the Americans and so the british just i mean they just hit us and hit us hard. So when I hear stories like that, when I hear stories of heroism, when I hear about all these people who have fought and have died or some that have given up, you know, limbs and things like that, I do TikTok a lot now and I love following these, you know, soldiers and people who have fought in various battles and they tell their stories and you hear about their wounds and their injuries and you just have all this Built up pride for um, these people that have fought for our country. So, when we talk about freedom as a country, we have to understand, as you know, the, 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 the phrase is freedom's not free. Freedom, when we think about freedom, we think about in our country, anyways, as, as, um, as Americans, people have died to give us this freedom. And there are still people on battlefields every day that are dying to preserve the freedom that we enjoy. And we do not want to take that for granted. I wrote an article for um, our church this last week called the freedom of forgiveness. And I talked about how, you know, freedom's not free, but when it comes to being free and forgiven, we absolutely bask in the glow of forgiveness from God. We are, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, we, I mean, that is a gift we are willing to receive, but it is not a gift That we're willing to give, because when somebody hurts us, when the shoe's on the other foot, somebody treats us wrongly, somebody treats us unfairly, that hurts us. And we weep, and we mourn, and we get angry, and we get frustrated, and we have this deep emotional turmoil, and everybody around us is saying, take vengeance, you know, pay them back for what they've done to you. But that's not the way Jesus operated in the world. Jesus continued to just deal with all this negativism, all this hate and rage and frustration. His environment was so wicked, and yet he kept—he just kept on doing the right thing and doing the right thing. And he died to give us the freedom that we have, obviously, as a believer in Christ. So when we begin to read through the books of the New Testament, Paul's kind of given us uh, a list of things that we need to put off. It's not just what we put on, but what we put off. We got to get rid of all bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor and evil speaking. You know, Ephesians four thirty one. You got to put on the whole armor of God. You've got to bear up the fruit of the Spirit. And so Paul talks about that. So I dealt with that in my bulletin article for the church family. Is this idea of the freedom that we have in Christ, the forgiveness that we have because of the death of Christ? It was not free. It's free for us to be able to receive it, but it costs the Lord something. It cost God his only son. It costs Jesus his life. And it, ultimately, discipleship It's really going to cost us something too. But when I start thinking about the freedom we have in our country, I think again about men and women who have willingly sacrificed themselves. They have willingly laid themselves down. So when you see a flag and these people that are out there burning flags and doing all this nonsense— You've, when I see a flag, I think about soldiers i can 't help it. I mean, I think about history, I think about you know how the the flag was made. I think about the stripes and the stars and all that stuff and uh, but i can 't help but think about soldiers every time I see a, I see a flag and I think about people that are currently fighting there's there's things going on. I watched a video yesterday um, of a young man he was probably twenty four twenty five years old. And they did not post where the video was taken, but he's in a, looks like a tank, some kind of an armored vehicle. And they're bombarding a city, trying to uh, take back over a city that had been lost to um, these, this group of, of enemy soldiers. And he's up trying to get the gun ready to shoot, and he gets shot in the head, in the, um, in the helmet, and he falls down inside. It, it, he had his helmet, so obviously it protected him. But this concussion of the concussion of the shot, he's in shock. And so they take the helmet off and they start to wrap him up. And I start thinking, you know, if he, if he had just been standing a little bit higher, that would have hit him in the face. You know, but because of his helmet, he was protected. And those kinds of things remind me. I mean, when I see, I'll tell you, you want to get misty-eyed. You want to get really soft. You better grab your black box of tissues if you're going to do it. But go watch these videos when soldiers come home, and all these these little things that they do to surprise their family, their parents, their kids, their spouse. You know, they show up at the high school, they show up at the, the basketball game. You know, and and uh, or they they put them in a box at work or something like that, and they pop out it is, when you think about so many soldiers that have fought for, you know, and have been out there on the battlefields for a year or two years and they come home for just a short leave, it, I can't help but shed tears for that. Because I think, you know, what, what are these people, what have they had to give up? And then they come home and, uh and it's still tough on them. You know, they have PTSD and they have all kinds of Uh, issues from the battlefield, not just um, mental, but also physical injuries and things that have happened. And it's just tough. I mean, these people, those that are in our military, we've got, we need to lift them up in prayer every single day. We cannot forget the sacrifice that they have made because freedom is not, freedom is not free. It has cost them something. It may not cost you anything, but it cost them something. And I had a history teacher once who said, um, he said, "Blood, sweat, and treasure." I think so. He said, uh, "Something like that." It was. It gives you the idea that, in order to have freedom, it's cost us financially as a nation because we keep having to put money into to the to the defense of our nation, and then also in addition to that, there are other things that we uh, we have to continue to 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 deal with. So let me let me get back to my Fourth of July experience. So again, growing up. I was able to experience all these wonderful things, and it was one of the rare times that my dad was off work, and everybody was, you know, able to do and say basically just about anything, because we would sit around, and we would talk, and we would catch back up on the things that had happened throughout the year. As we're starting our summer, we talked about summer plans, and we would sometimes get into some really good, deep discussions, biblical discussions. Um, as I got older, I learned to appreciate those those times that we sat around in those those lawn chairs and sipped on lemonade and iced tea. Uh, but I had a, a great appreciation for what freedom, and that's, I think that's why we have to have Independence Day as a holiday, where we have a day that we learn to appreciate the freedom that we have in our nation. And we salute, we applaud those who have given us this privilege, this right. So as I, I let's make the turn here, okay? We appreciate it. We love it. We take the 4th of July and we enjoy it. and We see the fireworks and we see the flags hanging and all that stuff. That's great. But we, we often forget that in order to have this freedom and to preserve this freedom, somebody has to continue to fight for it. You have to continue to fight if you want to keep it. And so we can't let down our guard and feel too comfortable in the freedom that we have. We can't do it. We've got to, you know, not, I'm not saying being absolutely defensive, but we cannot be kind of sitting back on our you know, heels going, hey, everything's great. You know, we don't have anything to worry about. We sat down in the lawn chair. And, but we can't lose sight of the fact that we still have to be ready at any time to defend ourselves, which means we need a good defense, good military defense as a nation. We have to be prepared. Um, I remember... Um, uh, there was a statement made, and I'm trying to remember who it was who made the statement. It was talking about how you could fit all the Navy in a bathtub because <laughs> they were trying to take all the Navy out. Um, and, and that was just prior to World War II. And so we kind of got ourselves into a pickle, and then we put every all of our eggs in one basket in Pearl Harbor in it. it. We are very, very lucky. that If it hadn't been just for a couple of things— Specifically, the Japanese relented on a third wave uh, at Pearl Harbor that could have absolutely crippled us as a nation. But there, there are so many things that we do not appreciate, and we will appreciate it if it's taken from us. And if, you know, if you don't know what you got till it's gone, we want to make sure we don't just pray for our soldiers, but we support our military. We support, um, you know, those that are in uniform. And I'm talking also about police and fire and rescue and things like that, because we we know that they're going to be there to keep us safe when we need them. Freedom is a tremendous blessing. Now, as a Christian, putting it in a Christian context, the freedom we have in Christ is absolutely absolutely amazing because we have the grace of god the mercy of god i mean it is it is fantastic we we love the fact that we are saved by god's grace now there's obviously things we need to do in obedience to him but but there there is this great joy to know that we are saved now the the next question again as we turn the corner here and make the application of it is what are we going to do with the freedom we have are we going to sit around and be spoiled with it and keep it to ourselves or are we going to share it with other people Whenever you meet people in foreign countries, they are astonished at the freedoms that we get to enjoy in our country. And if you've ever been on a mission trip, or if you've ever been on a trip out of the out of the nation, you've been to another foreign country. You've been maybe to a couple of foreign countries. You've seen how they live, and you see how they you know with communism. I've I've done mission work in Cuba. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada. I've been at several places and i 've been able to see how sometimes these people they 're oppressed they don 't even realize they 're oppressed, so when it comes to the freedom we have as um, you know as a nation, we have to be willing to share that freedom. literally, our soldiers die not just for us but for other nations. they go and fight help fight battles for other nations so that they can enjoy freedom so that they can enjoy democracy, so they might understand you know what capitalism is about instead of having to deal with this oppressive Uh, communist thought which never works by the way it never works and these things that are going on in the streets these days and these riots and all that stuff these people do not truly appreciate the freedom that they have in fact they're able to do it in most cases because of freedom but we have to be willing to share that with other nations we have to. We have to be willing to share it. That doesn't mean we go over there and enforce it. I mean, we could We could easily invade North Korea and tell them what to do. <laughs> we don't, um, partially because we don't want to anger the Chinese or the Russians or other nations. But we are not imposing freedom on other people. We're sharing freedom with other people. We're giving them an opportunity to experience what we have experienced. And so we need to be proud and we need to be Um, hopeful for ourselves and for other nations. But when it comes to my freedom in Christ as a Christian making an application there, I can't keep that to myself. I have to be willing to share that freedom with other people. I have to be willing to tell people, hey, you know, I'm not guilty for my sins anymore because I'm forgiven. And if you want forgiveness, if you want, you know, the joy of grace and mercy in your life, there are things you can do. Now, I can't erase all the mistakes I've made. I can't go back and write all the wrongs that I have made. And as a nation, we've made big blunders before. We've done things that were not right. We we understand that. With slavery is a biggie, and I know that you know there are other nations that did those things too. That does not justify it. And they say, well, this is more of a, a state issue or a property issue or whatever. These are human lives. But but we're past that, or we should be past that. There are things that we as a nation have done that we should be ashamed of. Absolutely. Especially uh, thinking about American Indians, things that we've done to to them. So there are things that, you know, we have done as a nation that we don't approve of. Same thing when it comes to my life as a Christian. There are things that I've done, there are mistakes I've made that I cannot erase. But what I can do is moving forward, not dwell on the sorrow or the consequences of the things that I've done, but being able to say, I'm going to do better tomorrow. And as a nation, we can do that. We can say what we can do to better us tomorrow as a nation. And that is looking forward and having vision. And we have to appoint the right kinds of leaders if we want to enjoy this freedom. We have to be able to say, okay, this is a person or these are people that we wholeheartedly support. And, it, and a whole other issue in and of itself is I've been in the ballot box before with people. And I've seen people stumble in there and just check a box. You know, I'm just going to vote the party line. Which, most of us, if we've done that, we have a reason for it, I'm sure. But we need to at least investigate these people. You know, I I remember uh, there was, uh, what was it like, was it, it may not have been the last election, maybe the election before, when it was um, Romney and uh, Ryan running. I was walking by the polling place coming in, and of course there's all those people out there with those signs. And there, were, there was a group of uh, teenagers that were holding up signs for people that, that, to vote for them, and they couldn't even vote themselves. But they're holding up these signs, and I heard one of them say, you know, what, what's the platform? Somebody said, what's the platform that your candidate's running on? And they didn't have a clue. They were just standing there with signs, you know, that their mom and dad told them to stand or, you know, somebody from school maybe told them they needed to go out there and stand. They didn't know what they were endorsing if we want to continue to have freedom, we have to put the right kind of people in office to preserve that freedom. We have to be able to trust that there's going to be, when, when war is necessitated, whenever there is a uh, opportunity for us to stand up and defend, we have to be ready to do that. So the people that are in positions of authority and power need to be, we need to be able to trust them, right? We need to be able to trust them. And know that they're going to do the right thing. Now they're again; they're not going to be perfect, but we need to trust that they're going to do the right thing. What what I think about as a Christian too, for my freedom, is I need to be able to look to my leaders, my spiritual leaders. I'm talking about the shepherds at church or your minister, people that you look up to. I need to be able to know that they're that you know we're on the same page. Our goal is to try to reach out to other people to share this joy of forgiveness rather than trying to keep it to ourselves. Um, And I think the two really can go hand in hand. The bottom line when it comes to freedom is it is given as a sacrifice because someone chose to do it for me. And if I want to keep it, I have to be willing to choose to do it for someone else. And that's what godly love is. It's a sacrificial love. Look at what agape means in the Greek. That love conquers all, including... Um, When we look at our enemies, we say they just don't understand. They don't know. And we have to be willing to sit down and appreciate the fact that there has to be some resolution eventually that we can't impose our will on people. But eventually we can sit down around a table and say, hey, look, you know, we had some misunderstandings. This happened. Now, there are some people when it comes to, um, let's say, conflict resolution to mediation. There are some people that are just not going to mediate. I mean they're just not going to. There are some countries that they train their children at a young age, I mean very, very young, to hate America, to hate our president, to hate the flag, um, to hate any source or any symbol of freedom. They're taught that, they're trained that. But most people, if they're if they're logical, if they're reasonable, at some point they're gonna have to put up the white flag and say, I'm done. You know, I'm gonna completely give up, I'm gonna surrender. Let's make this work. My, I had a history teacher in high school that he made us list. It was the top five reasons why uh, World War II took place. And you know what the number one, one was? Number one. He said the number one reason for World War II was the treaty that was signed in World War One. He said that, and he explained it uh, a whole lot better than I could. But basically the treaty, the things that were done uh, towards Germany were so unrealistic, and um, just if you even moving a comma, you know, or a make putting a semicolon or something in a certain place might have made a few things a little different. But he said, if by the treaty the way that it was written, uh, it was so unfair, so so um, demeaning to a certain group of people that they immediately said, yeah, we'll lay down our weapons, but in a few years we're going to pick them back up again. And we learned our lesson. Every nation that was involved in, in World War II, we all kind of learned our lesson. We, we had underestimated our enemies and, um, and those things. But usually if you have reasonable people, you can sit down, you can talk about it, you can deal with it. But when the need comes, we have to be willing to fight and preserve what we have or we'll lose it. We'll lose it forever. My final thought to you is we can't become too comfortable we can't become so comfortable that we just, like spoiled little children, think that we we it's, it's owed to us. It's owed to us to have this freedom. No, it is not. And it is a privilege to have freedom. It's a privilege to have freedom in Christ. So as 4th of July comes up, be thinking about the Star Spangled Banner. Be thinking about how men and women you know, have fought and served our country, and even on that day, propping up that flag just to have a symbol of hope. Where's our symbol of hope today? Well, if you'll go look in your mirror, you will see. You and I are symbols of hope, symbols of freedom, and we need to be willing to share that same thing for our life in Christ. We have to be willing to share that freedom and forgiveness with others to be able to emulate Jesus and to be able to show the world that there are good things out there. There are good people out there Let's go out and make a difference, and I hope you have a great 4th of July. We thank you so much for tuning into today's broadcast. Hope that you'll follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep coming back for original content on these podcasts and share them with your friends and loved ones. We also want to encourage you, if you have any questions or want to direct something towards me, Uh, any possible topics coming up in the near future you'd like for me to cover, you can write us at RayReynoldsRap at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day, and we want to encourage you to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus.